إن الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا من يحده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له نشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له ونشهد أن محمدا عبده ورسوله My dear respected sisters, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh Welcome to this talk uh, titled Nurturing Our Seeds uh, tips for pregnancy and childbirth inshallah ta'ala so i'm going to begin with a verse uh, from the holy quran where allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions for allah belongs the kingdom of the heavens and the earth he creates whatever he wills he grants girls to whoever he wishes and he grants boys to whoever he wishes. Or he combines them into boys and girls and he makes whoever he wishes infertile. Indeed, he is all-knowing, all-capable. So in this, um, you know, the, these two very, very profound verses in the Qur'an, in Surah Shura, verses 49 and 50, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala begins by, by telling us in very, very clear terms that this gift of children, whether Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala blesses a person with boys or girls or both or even none, this is all from the knowledge, the wisdom, and the power of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And there is no doubt that having a child is one of the greatest gifts. You know, after our iman, after our Islam, one of the greatest gifts that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bestows upon a person. And indeed, you know, so many of the prophets, they made a dua for children. Because within children, you know, we find so much joy, so much delight uh, in their innocence, in, in watching them grow up, in their smiles, in raising them and loving them and caring for them and as they grow older, watching them develop into, inshallah ta'ala, you know, confident young Muslim men and Muslim women, those who look after people around them, their elders and they love their youngsters. Um, and there's just so many you know, an infinite number of, of positive experiences that we can get from our children and so much that we can learn from them as well. And it is almost, um, you know, it's a natural desire uh, for men and to women to want to have children, to want to start a family, to want to settle down, to bring life into the world and, and continue this cycle of life that, you know, began with our father Adam salam. And I just want to, you know, put out a disclaimer there at the beginning that this is a talk regarding pregnancy, birth, etc. Um, we know that there are so many people out there that are struggling to get pregnant, that are struggling with infertility, finding it hard to conceive. Uh, we know there are so many women out there that have suffered from miscarriages. It's such a common thing, which is often not talked about. Um, and we do have, inshallah, a talk lined up specifically uh, on this topic, so on the topic of infertility and miscarriages, 
and inshallah after that we will also be talking about um, you know children uh, who are born with a physical or a learning disability and how we can um, you know make the best of, of a situation like that so there's just too much to cover within a, a short talk which is why we're going to be focusing on this specifically but uh, please do follow myself and Ustada Shabnam on Facebook or Instagram I will leave the details inshallah below and you know you, you can always stay up to date with the talks that we're doing so going back to to the pregnancy and and the beauty of pregnancy you know subhanallah I remember it was almost exactly a year ago now uh, where I was sitting in my own living room pregnancy test in hand myself and my husband and I was just so nervous and, and excited I didn't want to look at it and you know just finding out that you are pregnant for the first time or the second time or the third whether it was you know subhanallah planned or that it wasn't planned you know there's so much excitement and you know sometimes scary excitement because we don't know what's around the corner we don't know what to expect we don't know if we're ready we don't know if we're prepared we don't know if we're going to be good enough there are so many feelings that a person goes through and throughout the pregnancy you will literally be fluctuating between one feeling to another one high to another high to a low there is you know so much that is going to change so rightfully so we are kind of scared regarding you know the, the future however with the right perspective with the right mentality with the right help you know from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, and the, the the commands that he has given us in the Quran and the advice that we have from the sunnah you know this beautiful beautiful journey this time in our life we can really make the most of it not only for the sake of the child but rather for the sake of our relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because regardless of what happens you know may Allah azza wa jal grant everybody a healthy pregnancy and children who are healthy and a coolness of their eyes uh, but you know sometimes things do go wrong so what's important is that we focus on our relationship with Allah azza wa jal firstly and foremostly because that is the most important relationship and I know subhanAllah you know once you once you give birth you kind of you, you love another human being in a way that you could never have imagined it really is there's no describing it and there's no kind of preparing for it and nor is it something that anybody can teach you it's only when you experience it for yourself that you that you understand what our mothers and our sisters and our aunties or what they used to talk about when they talk about selfless love um, and it really is a beautiful thing but in the context of things we have to bear in mind that all relationships of the dunya are you know are, are temporary the only relationship that we can 100% rely upon all the time every time is our relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so regardless of how the preg pregnancy goes regardless of you know what happens during or after or how our children turn out we can't put all of our trust and hopes and dreams and expectations into a child into another human rather all of that love and dependency and tawakkul that we have has to be reserved only for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala now I'm not saying at all that uh, 
you know, we don't love our children and we don't care for them. Of course, one of the the, the blessings that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us is the love and mercy that a mother and a father has for their child. It, allow, uh, it allows us to invest everything that we have into this new human life to, you know, kind of sacrifice everything our time, our sleep, our health, our money, our independence, our freedom, we put all of that to, to aside in order to bring up uh, a child that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has blessed us with. So we do invest a lot and there's a lot of love that Allah Azza wa has placed in our hearts um, and it, it really is a beautiful thing. But above and beyond all of that, we have to remember uh, our intentions, whatever we do, you know, when we love, we love for the sake of Allah Azza wa Jal. That is something that is a part of our religion. So even when it comes to our spouses and our parents and our children, even though it's easy to love often, you know, it's, it's easy to love because it's a natural feeling inside of ourselves to have love for our parents and for our husband and our children and our close ones. Um, however, doing that for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone, it, that is what you know true love is. And that is where you will find the most amount of benefit and peace. And then if things do go wrong, we don't kind of fall apart because we know that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is always there for us. Um, as opposed to any kind of mortal being. Having said that, you know, the hope is that our family members and our children are going to, inshallah ta'ala, accompany us in Jannah. We live in a temporary dunya, for sure. We should not be getting attached to anything in this dunya because it's all going to come to an end, for sure. However, Jannah is awaiting the believers, the descriptions of which Allah has mentioned in the Quran. And despite all of these descriptions, we know that Jannah is a place that, you know, no eye has ever seen the likes of it and no ear has ever heard the likes of it. And the the thought of which has never even come into the mind of every, any human being. This is how Jannah is so above and beyond anything that we can ever imagine. So you just take your, your, your most intense memory of happiness. You know, it might well be, you know, linked to pregnancy when you first found out you were pregnant or it might be linked to uh, your, your child when you, you know, after you've given birth, when you first see your child, smell your child laying on you, you're doing skin to skin and you're looking into their eyes. There's such powerful, vivid memories of joy and happiness that we, that Allah allows us to experience in this dunya. But Jannah is going to be an infinite number of times better than that. The emotions and the love of Jannah is something that is, you know, out of this world, literally. And we do make dua that our children that we are raising, family members, they are united, reunited with us in genital Firdaus. Inshallah, we'll be coming back to that concept a little later on. But kind of going back to, to day one then, going back to when we first find out that we're pregnant, um, one of the, the best things to do 
when you have any sort of good news that comes your way is to immediately, immediately remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You know, that's just, it's very easy to get lost in the moment, but we have to, have to. Anytime something good happens, you always think of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, always remember him and always show gratitude to him. You know, it's very similar to when something goes wrong in our life, for example. You know, when we're faced with a calamity, maybe the death of a loved one or or any sort of difficulty, really. One of the first things that we're supposed to do is remember Allah. For example, we say, Inna lillahi wa inna ilayhi raji'un because patience is at the first strike of calamity. Like the Prophet ﷺ said, that it's right at the moment when that incident occurs that your true kind of colours come out. So for us to be counted from amongst the patient ones, right when that calamity occurs, we have to make sure that we show patience then that we don't say anything that is untoward, we don't do anything that is going to be displeasing to Allah. Likewise, if we look at the kind of flip of that, true gratitude is at the time when we receive amazing good news. And we it's very easy, like I said, to get lost in the moment and to be thinking of doing all of these other things and celebrating and telling people. But it's at that moment where we have to take a step and thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for this blessing that he has given us and Allah says in the Quran be grateful to Allah it's a command an amr in the Quran Allah commands us that we have to show gratitude to him show thankfulness to him if it is Allah that we worship and in other places in the Quran Allah tells us that be thankful to me and I shall increase you you know, this is the beauty of giving thanks to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Not only is Allah deserving of our thanks, you know, the fact that Allah has blessed us with child, the fact that Allah has allowed us to get pregnant, um, the fact that Allah has blessed us with children, etc., etc., millions and millions of blessings that Allah has sent our way. But the beauty of it is that we do it not only because Allah deserves it, but on at the same time, Allah has promised that he will give us more. If we thank Allah, Allah will keep blessing us, keep giving us more and more from his bounty and his kingdom. Another way that the, the Prophet ﷺ, um, he celebrated good news was to perform a prostration, a sajda of shukr, or we can pray two raqa'at of nafal prayer and thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala or very simply, we can just take a second to at the very least say Alhamdulillah. You know, think of all of the blessings that we have on a daily basis. Let's just take food, for example. When we eat, what are we supposed to start with? Bismillahi wa ala barakatillah. We begin in the name of Allah. When we finish eating, we're supposed to Alhamdulillahi we thank Allah, Alhamdulillah, we praise Allah. So that's like the, the, the very, very minimum. That when you receive the news of your pregnancy, you've got your pregnancy test in hand, you know, before anything else comes out of your mouth, say Alhamdulillah. Because it is only, only from the blessing and the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that we, we are pregnant. Like I mentioned in the verse that I recited at the beginning from Surah Shura, Allah says that, you know, the, the kingdom of the heavens and the earth belongs to him alone. 
He's the one who creates and he's the one that gifts children to ever, whoever he wishes. Therefore, if Allah has gifted us um, with a child, then we make sure that we attribute it back to Allah and we thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We can, like I said, do sajda of shukr, which is, you know, a prostration. And prostration, sajda, is one of the most beloved um, actions to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You know, us placing our head, our nose, our forehead on the ground, whispering our gratitude to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and it's heard all the way above the heaven, seven heavens. You know, what a profound you know, act that is, that we are humbling ourselves, we are throwing ourselves, you know, uh, down into prostration um, and testifying that everything that we have is from Allah, even though we're not even deserving of it, Allah gives and gives and gives, so at the very least we should thank him, do wudu with, uh, you know, your spouse as well, with your family members, whoever is there, whoever you're sharing this moment with, you know, do wudu, pray to raka'at nafal, begin your pregnancy in the best way possible we want to start it right and we want to end it right you know that's the key thing because it's only by doing that that we are going to get the blessings from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and you know everybody wants a good child everybody wants a pious righteous child who's going to be good uh, to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who's going to be good to their parents their family members but we need to think about what role we are to play you know, we as a mother, the one who Allah has chosen to kind of house this fetus, this little baby in our body, in our womb, uh, we play an immense role in shaping this child even before they have taken their first gasps of air in this dunya. So even before that, the responsibility begins with ourselves. So regardless of, you know, whatever has happened in the past, regardless of uh, what our relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is like and we are all sinners that's the reality of it everybody sins nobody is is immune from sinning but the best of people are those who recognize their sins and who turn back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala like Allah uh, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam said that the person who really repents sincerely from a sin you know, to repent sincerely from a sin is like a person that has no sin at all. This is from the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that if we were to commit, you know, countless sins, but we repent to Allah sincerely, we show that we are, you know, uh, upset at what we did. We show that we are ashamed at what we did and we promise that we will try our utmost best never ever to fall into that sin again. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has told us that he is going to wipe away that sin and it's going to be as if it never even occurred. As if it never even occurred. This is our Allah. This is Al-Ghafar, Al-Ghafur, Al-Tawab. The one who forgives and loves to forgive and constantly forgives. And the one who accepts repentance. So even if, you know, we, we haven't lived a perfect life, there's always, always time to change. You know, before the angel of death arrives, you know, our whole life is is there. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is giving us opportunity upon opportunity to turn back to him. But when we get pregnant, you know, it's such a perfect time for us to really reflect, 
upon our relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It's like a perfect time for us to, if we're ever going to make a change, this is the time to make a change. Because it's not only us now, it's not only our relationship with Allah that is at stake, it's going to affect our child's relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Therefore, you know, uh, when we receive the news of our pregnancy, on one side we're going to be thanking Allah, doing shukr by praying our nafal, by doing sadda of shukr, etc. But at the same time, we have to be increasing in our istighfar, saying astaghfirullah, saying astaghfirullah, astaghfirullah, any other du'as of repentance, of forgiveness that you know, you know, sincerely make these du'as, pour your heart out to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that, oh Allah, you know, I am not perfect, I have sinned and I do sin and I might even sin again in the future, but Ya Allah, forgive my sins because you love to forgive and don't make my sins a means for my child being deprived of anything. We don't want our sins, our badness, our ill qualities to have an effect on this pure, innocent child that is going to come into this world. And it's possible that we can pass on ill effects. You know, if we are constantly sinning, we are eating haram, talking haram, looking at haram, how is it possible that those effects won't go to the child that we are carrying within ourselves? So it's so important that we start off the pregnancy with shukr and with istighfar. We seek Allah's forgiveness for all the sins that we have committed. And we pray that Allah doesn't you know, allow these sins to affect our unborn child as well. Um, the Prophet wasallam has also taught us regarding the importance of sadaqah the importance of charity and you know alhamdulillah when I found out that I was pregnant this is one of the very very first things that literally we sat down we didn't move from the sofa until we had given uh, a donation and then after that we, we prayed our our nafil together etc charity is something that is beloved to Allah Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us that you will never attain piety until you spend from that which you love now we are making dua for a pious child and Allah is telling us that piety comes from spending the money that Allah has blessed you with. And whether you give a large amount or whether you give a small amount, it's so easy to go online, find you know a, a charity, website, etc. Make a donation as soon as you can. You know, for yourself, for your child, on behalf of your family. Because sadaqah, it stands in the ways of calamity. And you know, subhanAllah, there are so many things that can go wrong during your pregnancy and your birth. And I pray that Allah protects everybody and grants us all easy, healthy pregnancies. Um, but, you know, when you actually study your husband, um, you know, he, he has these, uh, he had these books, uh, medicine books that I kind of used to flick through. And there's just so much information regarding the illnesses and the problems and the difficulties and the complications that can occur in pregnancy that you almost feel like, oh my God, how am I even going to get through this? But you know, from the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you know, it's everything almost always 
goes according to plan. If you think about in the world how many women give birth every single day, every single day. And yes, there are going to be incidences where things don't go well, where things don't go right either for the mother or the baby. But looking at the bigger picture, you know, that's a very, very small percentage of cases. So, you know, Allah, through his mercy, he He allows a woman, you know, even though we might be fairly fragile in body, I guess, but look at how powerful Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made a mother that she is able to give birth to, you know, such a big, healthy, living human being that she has been able to kind of sustain, you know, through the will of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, sustain a baby in her body, you know, feeding herself and nourishing herself and also this child that is fully dependent upon the resources that, that the child is getting from the, the the body of the mother. So all of this is is amazing and in order to kind of ensure that nothing does go wrong, you know, we should be giving sadaqah because we know from the Prophet ﷺ that it stands in the way of calamity. Um, it also extinguishes Allah's anger. It's something that protects a person from having an evil death. You know, the, 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 the hadith that talk about the virtues of sadaqah are so many and so immense. Um, so even throughout the pregnancy, but definitely at the beginning, when you do find out, try your best to take out some money to give as sadaqah. Now, after you find out that you're pregnant, the next couple of months are, um, you know, they're very exciting, but there's not much happening. <laughs> Um, you know, you can't really see your stomach growing at this stage and it might be quite early on for you to experience the symptoms as well, etc. So sometimes you kind of wonder that, oh my God, was the pregnancy test even even correct? And you'll find yourself maybe doing it again and again. You know, that happens quite often. It happens a lot. Um, but, you know, even before the symptoms come in and they kick in, uh, try your best to maintain a positive uh, demeanour, uh, increasing as much as possible in the good that you can. Remember the Prophet ﷺ told us to take advantage of certain things before other things and one of those things is that take advantage of your free time before your preoccupation. Take advantage of the time that you have before a time comes where you won't have as much time. And subhanAllah, how you know pertinent that is to parenthood. Because um, you might, even though you might consider yourself quite a busy person generally, but when baby comes along, you're going to be even more busy. You know, you might consider yourself as busy now with one child, but when baby two comes along, you're going to be even more busy. And, you know, you might not have any children at the moment and etc. But as the pregnancy develops, you'll find yourself, you know, more and more preoccupied because physically, you know, it's going to take a toll on your body and there'll be days where you won't be able to do as much, especially when, you know, the nausea and the morning sickness kicks in. There'll be days where you just want to lie in bed. And when the third tr trimester is here and, you know, you can barely move and you can barely bend down and you're just waiting for baby to come out, you won't be able to do as much. So in the first and second trimesters of pregnancy, especially when you are generally quite fit, quite healthy, you know, try and 
you know, use uh, that time to do as much as you can uh, because you have the opportunity to do so. You know, don't allow yourself to kind of become lazy and just, uh, you know, sitting around or lying in bed, etc. Even from a health or a psychological perspective, you know, that's not good. The more active the mother is during pregnancy, the more fresh air you get, the more exercise you get, the more you keep your mind, you know, um, happy and stress-free, the better this is going to be for your birth and for the child's health as well. So, you know, it's important that as Muslims we are not lazy, especially when it comes to acts of worship. So right from the beginning, you know, you found out you're on this high, you're extremely happy, elated. Uh, make sure that that happiness and joy reflects in your worship, that you are you know, praying all of your salah, you know, minimum on time and doing even more than that. So increase in your nafal salahs um, because you are able to. And then when the time comes, you know, maybe towards the end or towards the middle when you're not as well and you're not able to pray as much nafal salah, then inshallah Allah Ta'ala will still continue giving the reward. Um, then when I think generally around about the 11 week mark you know we start going for our first scan and it's a very very exciting time because finally you're it kind of sinks in that oh my god I'm carrying a child um, I'm pregnant there's a baby inside of me um, and it is really a very very precious time um, with the whole coronavirus thing going on it has been difficult for women very very difficult because you've kind of had to do everything alone um, I know for both of my scans they didn't allow anyone to go um, you, you kind of had to go on your own so even your husband your spouse they weren't allowed to go with you um, However, you know, alhamdulillah for everything. Um, when you do kind of go for your scans and for your appointments and you're hearing the heartbeat and by the second scan where when you're actually seeing, you know, baby move inside of you and, you know, you're kind of watching the physical development of this baby who was was nothing. You know, like Allah says in the Quran, came from a sperm drop. And then you see how over... A period of nine months which is which is nothing really how this you know little drop of water becomes a child that when you give birth to this child they are perfect perfectly formed you know they're able to see and to hear and their little fingerprints and their eyelashes and you know everything and all of that happens subhanallah miraculously inside of you um so when you do start going for these scans and things start becoming a little bit more real, it's kind of um, almost natural, I guess, to want to scream from the rooftops and tell everybody and express your your happiness and your joy. But bear in mind that the Prophet ﷺ has told us that the evil eye is real, um, that every person that Allah has blessed is envied. And these are the words of the Prophet ﷺ, that indeed every blessed person is envied. So we have to bear that in mind, um, that this is a blessing from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and not everybody on your uh, WhatsApp status or your Instagram or your Facebook etc. are going to be happy for you, are going to have your best interests at heart. 
not everybody is going to be making dua for you and your child. There are going to be people, you know, who, who maybe don't have your best interests at heart, people who do have jealousy inside of them for whatever reason. So um, just make sure that the, the safest and the best course of action is really not to announce these kind of things, you know, putting pictures up on social media of baby showers and your scan photos and all of these things. Keep it personal because it's such a personal thing. You know, obviously you're not going to be able to hide it forever. You know, when baby's here, alhamdulillah, everybody will know and everybody will be happy and celebrate with you because, you know, there's going to come a stage, even in your pregnancy really, where you won't be able to hide it anymore. It's going to be very apparent for everybody to see. So these beginning stages, especially because, you know, there's more chance of things going wrong at the beginning of the pregnancy, number one. You know, this is something that medically, uh, the, the first three months, um, many, many women do unfortunately suffer miscarriages. Things can go wrong. Um, but even if they don't, it's a very personal time. Keep it personal between you and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you and your husband, you and your very close family and friends. Tell people who are, who you perceive to be pious because they will make dua for you. And, you know, I can almost guarantee that, you know, by putting it up on social media and getting all of these likes and hearts, etc., they don't mean anything. You know, what you need is duas, sincere, heartfelt duas for yourself and for your child. You don't need all of these likes and, and comments, etc. So kind of change your perspective on things there might you know be people on your social media who are really 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 struggling to get pregnant or who are really being tested severely with their with their own children so to kind of advertise these things is it can be quite insensitive as well so it's always best to avoid because you don't want the evil eye or the jealousy of of people to be affecting you at, at such a um, you know, crucial and sensitive stage of your life. So when it comes to, you know, moving forward after the scans, you're in your second uh, trimester or, well, generally even before that, you know, right at the beginning sometimes of the, the first trimester, that's when those uh, horrible symptoms start. Um, and I say horrible, but subhanAllah, again, it it really depends on the way you look at things. Um, I remember when uh, I was pregnant, um, for a while, for a good while, I had like no symptoms at all. And like I said, I kept having these kind of like doubts, like, oh my God, maybe I'm not pregnant. Am I? Am I not? Should I do the pregnancy test again? Um, and I kept saying it to my husband that, oh my God, it's weird. Like, don't you think it's weird? I don't have any symptoms yet. And I don't have the morning sickness that everybody talks about. And he kept saying to me, look, you know, don't say that. Everything will be okay. And, you know, don't ask for the symptoms. If you don't have them, then, you know, thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And subhanAllah, when the symptoms started, I was like, oh my God, <laughs> I wish I had not said anything because when they come, they come very, very heavy. Um, and it is a very, very difficult and testing time. You know, your body is going through so many changes and at times so much pain and 
discomfort as well your hormones are all over the place and you know you have to bear in mind the only thing that can kind of keep you going through the the the, the fevers and the morning sickness and constantly being nauseous all day and not being able to drink anything or eat anything even though you know that you have to and you know there's so many you know symptoms uh, the backache for me was probably like one of the worst especially towards the second trimester you know subhanallah a lot happens in you know, a big toll on our body and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala testifies to this in the Quran he tells us regarding the status of the mother why the mother is given such a high rank in Islam and and this is one of the reasons because we bear our children in weakness upon weakness that the, the, the pregnancy part, it weakens us. The birth, it weakens us. The breastfeeding, the weaning, it weakens us. You know, as women, you know, subhanAllah, you go through so much to bring life into this world. And it really is, subhanAllah, an amazing accomplishment. There's no doubt about that. But when we are going through these periods of weakness, you know, always remember that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He has stipulated so much reward for the pain that we go through you know this applies generally as well you know any kind of pain that we go through in our life for a believer we always have that positive mentality that you know when we do have a headache when we have a cold when we kind of prick ourselves uh, our finger we stub our toe we graze our knee all of these pains that we go through in our life you know inevitably our Lord, you know, Ar-Rahman, Ar-Rahim, he has decreed that these are ways for Allah to expiate our sins and to raise our status. You know, subhanAllah, look at how beautiful that is. That the pain that we go through, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is rewarding you for that pain. And really what pain can be greater than the pain of childbirth? And even before childbirth, all of these things that I'm talking about, all of these symptoms, yes, they are very difficult and there are going to be days where, you know, you just feel like you're about to give up, you're about to collapse, whether you can, you know, go on any further, you might be, you know, in and out of hospital even, giving bloods and uh, doing tests and so many things. And the prospect of, of a child that's still going to, take a couple of months to come, sometimes that isn't enough to keep us motivated. So what can keep us motivated is thinking about the words of the Prophet ﷺ, the words of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, where Allah promises the reward that a person gets for going through pain. You know, any pain that we go through, um, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala rewards the believer and expiates their sin for that. So remember, whatever it may be, you know, even the tiniest amount of discomfort that we go through, you know, the discomfort of having to get up in the middle of the night and go to the toilet three or four times, the discomfort of having to shower when you're pregnant and you can barely, you know, do anything, the discomfort of having to drive and put on your seatbelt, you know, little, little things that, you know, you kind of probably get used to yourself. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is all hearing, all seeing, all watching and he is recording this pain and this weakness that our mother is going through for the sake of her child and Allah is rewarding 
and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala um, you know is 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 all merciful when it comes to the giving of reward so always bear that in mind that not only will you get a beautiful child inshallah ta'ala at the end of this but at the same time you are literally like clocking up good deeds and you know just imagine that without the pregnancy you would have you know in your book of deeds there would have been like gaps and through this pregnancy the pain that we go through you know Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is giving us almost like an opportunity handed to us on a plate to rack up good deeds that otherwise we would not have got you know if it wasn't for the you know um the pain of labor which obviously you you don't go through unless you have a child we wouldn't have the immense immense reward that comes with childbirth and one of the proofs for the the reward of the labor itself is the fact that the prophet told us that one of the martyrs a person who's counted as a martyr in islam is a woman who dies during childbirth so just imagine that childbirth is so powerful and you know important in the eyes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that if you know God forbid may Allah protect all of us that if a woman was to pass away during childbirth she is given the rank of a martyr you know a martyr in the path of Allah so on the flip side think of the reward that you are getting for for going through it and going through it patiently and going through it with the right mentality uh, inshallah ta'ala also what's really really beautiful is kind of tracking your baby's milestones whilst baby's in the stomach and I'm sure everybody kind of does this and you know the midwives uh, they kind of advise you to to download certain apps where they tell you how many days you are how many weeks you are what baby looks like now what size baby is right now etc and it really is you know kind of beautiful to go through and because you can't see what's happening inside of your of your stomach but it's nice to have a sort of visual reminder constantly of you know this this life that is growing inside of you uh, especially before the bump kind of becomes visible um, it can be difficult to kind of keep track on what is happening so educate yourself you know definitely um, do it with the intention of becoming closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and I definitely found in my pregnancy that when I used to do my research on pregnancy and uh, all of these things and I used to watch these time-lapse videos on YouTube of how the, the fetus develops in the womb etc. It honestly fills you with so much awe. You know, it's almost, you can't explain, it's, it's so fascinating, it's so mind-boggling how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with so much perfection has created us you know has created you know from our eyelashes from the uniqueness of our fingertips from the beating of our heart from the pumping of of the blood like everything about us about our body our anatomy our physique our brain everything is designed so meticulously so perfectly and when we see these videos of how the fetus is developing from something that is like literally just you know an unrecognizable kind of blob of blood and how it develops and it you know develops its limbs and the brain and all the way up until 
you know, you're ready to give birth and now this is like a little mini human, you know, with perfect fingers and toes and, you know, it can smell and it can hear and it's got eyelids and eyelashes and eyebrows and its skin is perfect and, you know, it's got billions and billions of of neurons in the brain firing it's just kind of, it fills you with such an immense amount of awe of Allah Azza wa Jal. And Allah tells us in the Quran that we will continue showing you signs within, you know, yourselves until it becomes manifest to you that this is the truth. And this is an excellent way of, of connecting with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this is an act of worship. You know, this is an act of worship that when you reflect upon the Qur'an, or you reflect upon yourself, you know, your own creation, you reflect upon the creation of your baby, and it makes you wonder, and it makes you think, and it makes you remember and reflect upon Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and it increases your iman, because you know that this cannot be, you know, the, the work of um, you know, any other being except Allah, this cannot just be randomness, you know, the, the way that we, we are so perfectly created. And all of these realizations that we have, these are, you know, acts of worship. You're being rewarded for this reflection and this pondering as well. So, you know, educating yourself is, is so, so important. Uh, rather than wasting time, which it's so easy to do, especially, you know, certain times in your pregnancy, like I said, you're, you know, literally going to be bed bound sometimes. And it's so easy to just pick up your phone and, and waste your time and waste your brain cells on things that are not important and perhaps even more damaging the not only are they not important, but they might be harmful to your spiritual health, especially if you're looking at things that you shouldn't be looking at. Uh, for example, certain programs or on social media, you're looking at certain pictures or you're going through, you know, your social media posts and it's making you um, kind of envy other people's lifestyles. It makes you less grateful to Allah for what you have and even this is wrong, even this is a sin. So all of these, you know, negative uh, traits, these negative thinking processes that we uh, can easily fall into, try your best to eliminate them, you know, eliminate them completely from your life if you can, but at the very least, for the sake of the, the child during your pregnancy, is an excellent time to start. And I know it's so easy to get caught up with, you know, the Pinterest and the Instagram posts about, um, you know, babies and the cute little outfits and how to have that perfect, uh, picture-perfect nursery and all of the things that you need to buy and, you know, all of the YouTube bloggers that have these perfect uh, pregnancies and perfect bumps and perfect childbirth stories. It's kind of honestly it's just fuzzul if there's anything out there that is beneficial for you to watch um you know for example you've got pregnancy classes you've got breathing techniques that you are taught anything that is knowledge that is going to help you in your pregnancy help you with your childbirth help you to be a better mother a better muslim then that's fine, you know, go for it, you know, alhamdulillah, there's a lot of benefit uh, on the internet, definitely, but if there's anything that is 
just taking you away from Allah, that is wasting your time, that is making you more and more ungrateful, that is making you, you know, just waste money even. You know, these are things that need to be avoided, you know, not to compare yourself with other people out there because everyone's journey is different, everyone's pregnancy is different. It can just cause a great amount of stress, basically you know, to trying to keep up with these social media standards. And this is something that is quite, you know, well-researched now in psychology, that generally when people, you know, after they have just finished uh, scrolling through their Facebook or Instagram feeds, um, if you kind of measure the stress levels in the brain, you know, they've shot up. Because all you're doing is you're scrolling through pictures of other people, other people's lifestyle, and then you're comparing it to your own. And it's making you feel terrible because you don't have that perfect car or that perfect house or that perfect job or you don't have, you know, the, the thousands of pounds to spend on designer, you know, nurseries and designer pushchairs and designer car seats and all of these designer outfits. You know, this is just something that, really just avoid it full stop in your life and definitely during the pregnancy it's just going to cause you stress and it's it's time that you could better spend investing in your relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and in your child and what you can be doing in that time is you can be increasing in your act of worship and one of the best acts of worship to do during pregnancy, um, all throughout pregnancy, but especially I would say uh, round about the like 16th week onwards, where the child is now actually listening to sounds and they're hearing uh, in the voice of the mother, is to increase in a recitation of the Qur'an every day, whenever you can, whenever you have the opportunity, whatever you know of the Qur'an, you know, if you want to recite it off by heart, or do wudu, pick up a mushaf, recite the Qur'an as much as possible. It will not only benefit you immensely, because you are being rewarded for every single letter that you recite, but your child will, without a shadow of a doubt, they will benefit from this recitation of the Qur'an. You are giving them a head start in having a good relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the Qur'an. Because, you know, this child, especially at this stage, they are listening to your voice and they can pick up on rhythms and sounds, etc. So what greater, you know, gift can you give them? What can you do that can be better than reciting the Qur'an to them? Because obviously they can't understand, you know, they say that you should start reading to your child, you know, even before the child is born. It has many, many benefits for both mother and baby. And it's something that even father can get involved in. It's a very, very beautiful bonding experience for, for everybody, for the whole family. If you've got other children, you can get them to recite uh, the Qur'an as well. So it kind of builds a love in everybody's heart. But this child, you know, by you constantly reciting the Qur'an and when you can't recite it, have it playing. Not only will it keep you, your mind, fixed upon Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so that you don't have time to think about other things or to do other things or to go on YouTube and Netflix and waste your time. But it will benefit your child and there are stories, you know, amazing stories of pious people from the past, even, you know, nowadays, some pious people from the past who 
when the mothers were pregnant and they were constantly in recitation of the Quran and dhikr of Allah, the children that were born, you know, right from, you know, birth almost, they recognized the sounds of the Quran, they had an excellent relationship with the Quran, it made it easier for them to memorize the Quran, you know, and these are real stories and, you know, they even have, you know, in, in science and psychology, there is definitely a basis for this. So, you know, increasing in Quran and dhikr is so important. Whilst we are increasing in our, you know, doing good things, it's also important to cut out any bad. So that doesn't just mean not watching TV or YouTube or Netflix or, you know, things that we shouldn't be watching. But it also means, you know, guarding our tongue, you know, not backbiting, not gossiping. These are things that are really important, not lying, making sure that anything that comes into our our home is halal. You know, sometimes we think of halal as just being like, you know, halal chicken and halal meat. But, you know, it applies to anything that you bring into your home. Make sure that the food that you eat, the wages that you are bringing in, you know, are, are from lawful means. Because again, this is something that will have an impact on your child as well. Now, <coughs> one of the um, most important things that we have to do is work on ourselves during this pregnancy. And think of it as a massive blessing that Allah has given us nine months to do this. You know, it's amazing because, you know, I always used to wonder to myself, you know, Allah says in the Quran that he created the heavens and the earth in six days or in six stages. Like, what was the need for that? Because Allah is al-Khaliq. Allah is, you know, the all-powerful. Allah says, kun. Allah says be and it is you know Allah can can do anything you know as he wills straight away spontaneously uh, so what was the need to to create the heavens and the earth in six days like it mentions in the Quran what is the need for a woman to carry a child for nine months if Allah wished you know we could give birth like you know in two weeks or in half a day or in an hour or in half an hour from the time of you know conception that's all possible for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But we've got this long process because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is teaching us through the way that he created the heavens and the earth in stages. Allah is teaching us that good things take time. That it's important as believers that we have patience, that we do things in you know a, a calculated and you know careful manner that we don't rush into things haphazardly, that we aren't, um, you know, um, you know, we, we don't rush into things uh, without thinking about them. This is really, really important for our development. So we've got these nine months to work on ourselves, And, you know, the nine months are going to fly by, you know, they really will. And, you know, after baby's here, you know, another beautiful journey of your life begins. But you honestly, you kind of miss being pregnant because it, it, it's there's something so beautiful about, 
your child constantly being with you and you know you, you know that they're, they're so pure and innocent and kind of closeted within your womb um and you know the kind of special attention that you get from your husband and your family it really is a very beautiful time uh, you see loads of um, benefits in your skin and your hair apparently as well uh, because then after you give birth, you know, with me, my hair just started falling out like crazy. So I kind of missed the pregnancy stage where, you know, your hair is nice and shiny and your skin is glowing, etc. Um, so, you know, it's important to kind of take the nine months, enjoy them, but use that as an opportunity to set goals for yourself. Um, you know, in terms of especially your spiritual development where you are right now and where you want to be what kind of a role model you want to be for this child that you're going to bring into this world because when the child is born you know you're going to be so busy you know doing things for this child your life is going to revolve around this child don't think that you will be able to then implement you know new habits into your life no, you know, your real colours, as they say, will come out, you know, when you have given birth and now you are sleep deprived and you're up at all hours of the night and you're rushing around and you've got no time for yourself. You are, that is going to be you, you know, raw. Therefore, the qualities that you build within these nine months, inshallah, those are the qualities that will manifest you know, qualities of patience, of kindness, of controlling your tongue, of being grateful to Allah, of being patient, etc. You know, work out what your weaknesses are and, you know, work on them. Make conscious and active effort to work on them as well. Another thing that is really important is to uh, build family ties. Um you know, you are pregnant and you're going to become a mother at the same time. Remember, your husband is probably just as excited that he's going to become a father. Grandparents are excited. Aunties, uncles are excited. You know, for everybody, you know, that the coming of this child, inshallah, is going to be a source of joy. So don't deprive them of that. Uh, you know, keep everybody involved. Uh, if you are going to be buying certain things, for example, you know, take the counsel of, of people close to you, make them feel involved. And if you don't have the best relationship with, you know, your siblings or your parents or your in-laws, now is the perfect time. You know, you have to work on that. You know, don't think that you can bring a child into this world who is going to be good and obedient and, you know, pious and look after you and be good to you. If you yourself aren't doing the same thing to your own parents, you know, that, that's a kind of double standard. You know, that, that's not something that uh, as believers we should be, be, be doing. So the right and the roles, the, the responsibility that uh, a parent has over us is really, really immense. So make sure that you are working on mending and building your relationship with your parents throughout the pregnancy uh, and obviously afterwards as well because that is an act of worship and it will set a strong foundation for your relationship uh, with your child as well and obviously when the child is born you want them to have family around them that are going to look after them and love them and you know spoil them and 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 shower them with care and affection 
because you can't raise a child by yourself. You know, you want people around you. So if you yourself don't have a good relationship with the people around you, then how are they going to be able to 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 show that love and affection to your child? And at the end of the day, it's your child who's going to miss out. You know, children need grandparents, uh, you know, loving aunties and uncles and siblings around them. So not only will you benefit yourself, not only will, inshallah, Allah reward you for joining ties of kinship, but the best beneficiary is going to be your child because, inshallah, they will have, you know, a family, a strong family support around them. It's also important when we're talking about family to to not forget the husband when it comes to pregnancy and you know it's very easy to do that in the pregnancy because you are the one that's housing uh, the baby in your body you're the one that kind of is going through all of these symptoms and you kind of expect everyone to look after you which is true they should be doing that but at the end of the day you know your your husband is also preparing for a very very important role and like it or not after baby is here your relationship is going to change because you know before maybe your life revolved around each other now you've got a third party in the mix um things will be different you know your 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 priorities might have to change slightly so make sure you use the pregnancy time to really um increase in bonding with your husband in whatever way that you can whether it's going for walks which you know you're going to be doing anyway for your physical well-being exercising uh, going through baby names together you know studying regarding um you know antenatal classes or breathing exercises Whatever you're going to be doing, try and do some of that at least with your husband as well so that it creates love in, you know, the, the father's heart for the baby and between you and your husband as well. Talking about names, obviously, you know, this is something that some people, like, even before they get married, they've got, like, the name in their head. If I'm having a girl, this is the name. If I'm having a boy, this is the name. For some people, you know, you might want to find out what the gender of the baby is at one of the scans and then you start thinking of names. For some people, they're like, no, I'm going to wait till the baby is born and then we're going to, uh, you know, name the baby. But it's always good to to start thinking, you know, of boys' names and girls' name, girls' names. And honestly, you know, don't fall into this trap of wanting cool names that nobody has ever heard of before. You don't even know what the meaning is, but they just sound novel and new and cool. You know, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us in the Quran and in the Sunnah of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa beautiful names with beautiful meanings. Uh, if Allah has chosen names for his prophets who are the best of people uh, and they are good enough for them then they should be good enough for us so if you are having a boy you know consider naming him after one of the prophets after the sahaba uh, if you're having a girl you know you've got uh, certain women in the quran like maryam salam you've got the wives of the prophet salam the the daughters of the prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam there's so many basically that you can go through and one of the the nicest things that we did in our pregnancy is um we were kind of researching names and even though we kind of had a name in mind the researching part was was nice 
because it allowed us to connect with the seerah. So you're reading upon, you know, reading about, you know, certain individuals, boys, uh, men and women, um, and learning what their names are and what their story is, etc. And it just increases your relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala at the end of the day. And it's an excellent way to be spending your pregnancy, um, you know, because it's bringing love of Islam into your home, you're bonding with your family, and all of these are, you know, things that are rewarded by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So when it comes to names, the principle is any name with a good meaning is acceptable. There's nothing wrong with that. But uh, the Prophet ﷺ told us that the best of names are Abdullah and Abdurrahman. Abdullah means the slave of Allah. Abdurrahman means the slave of the Most Merciful. Meaning a name that reminds this child that they are a slave of Allah, that they are a Muslim. Now that's what you want for your child. And I remember when I was young, um, maybe seven, eight years old, we used to sit, you know, um, a couple of times a week we used to sit together as a family and we'd read stories of the Sahaba and honestly I used to get so excited whenever the name of Sophia radiallahu ta'ala anha came up and you know it, it kind of fills you with, with like happiness inside that oh my god that's my name and it was the name of the wife of the Prophet as well so you want that for your child that as they grow up and they're learning about Allah and the Prophet that they can connect because they know that they have, you know, these these beautiful names. Finally, I'm going to end with, you know, when it comes to the labor itself, you know, subhanAllah, uh, what to say about the labor. I don't want to say too much because, you know, there's probably sisters listening who um, are pregnant or haven't given birth yet. And I really don't want to scare you with all of these horror stories. But <laughs> alhamdulillah for, for everything you know, Allah talks about the the weakness, like I said, of labor in the Quran. It really is a miraculous, miraculous uh, process, the process of giving birth. Uh, yes, it is super painful. Um, no, you're not going to forget about it, you know, anytime soon. Uh, yes, it's going to do you know, damage to your body. Your body might never look or be the same again. But is it worth it? Yes, it definitely is. Alhamdulillah. And there are things that you can do, uh, du'as that you can recite. Um, nothing specifically from the, the sunnah of the Prophet wasallam, but there are certain hadith, that we, um, certain verses, sorry, that we can take from the Qur'an, uh, the meaning of which you know, supports the concept of labor. So, you know, the pious people of the past, the scholars have mentioned that there are certain du'as, certain um, things that we can be reading to help us during our pregnancy and childbirth. And I can't basically list them or read them all to you now because there's quite a few. But if you follow me on Instagram at ilmsphere, which is I-L-M uh, dot S-P-H-E-R-E, uh, I will be putting those on there, inshallah, starting from today and even on YouTube as well, so that you can find them and go over them. Any dua that you read, any Quran that you read is all good. All of it is a shifa from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But any specific duas that you want to know for the labor itself uh, or just generally for pregnancy, I will put them on there, inshallah. Um, 
so I've kind of run out of time so I'm going to stop there there were a few things that I wanted to mention about the labour but uh, we will stop there um, Jazakumullah khair for joining me I hope that you all benefited and you know to everybody who's listening may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant to all of you um, children that are going to be the delight and the comfort and the coolness of your eyes and grant you all children who are going to be upright pious individuals who will be an asset to you and to your families and enable you to become a better muslim as well inshallah ta'ala wa akhiru da'wana and alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen jazakumullah khair for joining today assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah in alhamdulillah nahmaduhu wa nasta'inuhu wa nastaghfiruh wa na'udhu billahi min shururi anfusina wa min sayyati a'malina من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له نشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له ونشهد أن محمدا عبده ورسوله متى respected sisters السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته if you can hear me can one or two sisters please let me know so we can begin إن شاء الله okay الحمد لله so my name is uh, Sophia Mariam. Jazakumullah khairun for joining us today for this talk. Um, I'm going to begin with the Quranic verse where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran, For Allah is the kingdom of the heavens and the earth. He creates whatever he wills. يَحَبُ لِمَنْ يَشَاءُ إِنَاثًا وَيَحَبُ لِمَنْ يَشَاءُ الذُّكُورِ He gives girls to whoever he wishes, and he gives boys to whoever he wishes. أو يُزَوِّجُهُمْ ذُكْرَانًا وَإِنَاثًا Or he pairs them up as boys and girls. وَيَجْعَلُ مَنْ يَشَاءُ عَقِيمًا And he makes whoever he wishes as infertile. إِنَّهُ عَلِيمٌ قَدِيرٌ Indeed, he is all knowledgeable, all capable. My dear respected sisters, this time last year, uh, roughly speaking, round about this time last year, uh, I remember sitting in my living room with my husband with a pregnancy test in hand, um, you know, extremely nervous, extremely exciting um, time. And alhamdulillah, we had the great news that day where I found out that I was pregnant and from there subhanallah life just it changed things were so different things are so different in such a beautiful way so inshallah ta'ala today i'm going to be going over the pregnancy section um inshallah drawing upon the quran drawing upon the sunnah drawing upon my background in psychology and my own personal experience as well so that inshallah those of you who um, either are planning to become pregnant or are pregnant or inshallah will be in the future can take benefit from this. I do want to mention <clears throat> from the outset as a kind of disclaimer that this talk is regarding pregnancy, birth, you know, post-birth etc. Um, we are going to be having a separate talk on people who are struggling to conceive uh, or people who have suffered from miscarriages or people who um, you know, have given birth to, to children who have some form of uh, learning disability or physical disability. 
because it's outside the remit of this talk, we're going to be focusing on, you know, a specific uh, part of pregnancy and, and childhood here. So please don't think that we're excluding anybody. Inshallah ta'ala, please do follow us on social media because we have got these talks lined up. Uh, the next one is on the 14th of March regarding uh, people who are struggling to conceive and, and uh, etc. So... To begin then, um, going back, like I said, to, to, to last year when I came to light, I had the great news regarding my own pregnancy. The very first thing that I think we have to start off with is when a person has got the, the excellent news regarding pregnancy, you've got the news that you are pregnant, whether, subhanAllah, whether it was planned or whether it was not planned, whether, um, you know, you, you might be going through all sorts of emotions. And I'm not saying there's one kind of, you know, thing that fits everybody. Everybody's situation is different. But hopefully what this talk will kind of highlight is that as believers, everything is to do with perspective. Everything is to do with perspective, subhanAllah. So when we got the the, the news regarding my, my own pregnancy, the very first thing that came to my mind was um, you know the, the sunnah of the Prophet وسلم, that whenever he was given good news regarding anything. So for example, um, we have narrations where the people, when the people of Yemen, when they accepted Islam, or when um, the the on the day on the day of the Battle of Badr, when the Prophet وسلم, received good news, what he did was that he did a prostration of shukr, what we call sajdatul shukr or Salat al-Shukr as well. So this is like the very first thing that came to my mind and hopefully, you know, this doesn't just apply to pregnancy. This is a rule that we can apply throughout our life, but extremely, extremely important that whatever we are going through, whatever happens in our life of blessing, we start off by praising Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I'm sure like all of you are aware that when it comes to, you know, things like eating and drinking, these also are massive favors. These are blessings from Allah. So after we have eaten, after we have drank something, what do we say? We say, Alhamdulillah. So this, you know, this act of praising Allah for every single bounty that he has blessed us with, you know, this is something that we have to incorporate in our life. And what greater blessing can there be than the, than the great news of, of, of a child so that's step number one that we always begin any great news any good news that we have with shukr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran in kuntum that be grateful to Allah if it is him alone that you worship and as believers as believing sisters you know this this has to be at the forefront of everything that we do so such that the shukar can be done is just like a normal prostration. Pray to Raka'at al-Nafal, prayer, and you know, make dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Another great way to start off your, your, your pregnancy news is by giving charity, by giving sadaqah, because there are countless hadith that talk about the virtues of sadaqah, especially as a form of standing in between you and calamity. You know, in Hadith, the Prophet ﷺ exhorted people to give charity because it stands in the way of calamity and it extinguishes Allah's anger. 
So that also is something that we can take on board, whether it's a large amount, whether it's a small amount, that really doesn't matter. What Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala looks at is the intention of the heart. So, you know, it's so easy nowadays as well, you know, subhanAllah, we've got online, you can go on to just giving, sorry, you know, my little son Muhammad, he wants to, he wants to join in the conversation, it seems. Okay, so we're going to be starting off by giving sadaqah and praying salat al-shukr for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The next thing that I wanted to touch upon is, you know, when you get the news that you are pregnant, you know, starting from there, you are literally going to go through a whirlwind of emotions. You know, your hormones from that point onwards, all the way till all the way after birth, hormones are going to be all over the place. You are going to have, you know, extreme highs, you're going to have lows, and for some people, extreme lows as well. So what we have to bear in mind is that at every stage of the pregnancy, always draw upon what you know regarding Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Always draw upon the fact that this is such a big blessing. It is a blessing of a child that, you know, all of the prophets subhanAllah almost made dua for the blessing of having a child even you yourself, you know, if you think about, you know, in the in the in the past, if you had ever made du'a for a righteous spouse, you made du'a that you wanted to start a family. You used to make du'a that you wanted a child. Now that the time has come, you know, things aren't always going to be smooth sailing. But we keep in mind that perspective that Subhanallah, Allah has blessed us today with something that we have been praying for for so long. So even when things get tough, we're going to bear this in mind. Um, another thing that, you know, as we kind of develop throughout the pregnancy, one of the greatest, you know, one of the first milestones that we have that kind of really hits in, in the fact that we are pregnant, uh, because as, you know, a lot of you will know, the first couple of weeks, the first couple of months, um, it's kind of hard to, to, to know what's going on because you can't see anything and because some people don't even get sort of obvious symptoms, there's no, you know, your stomach yet is not growing and you're going to go through time, so you're going to be thinking, oh my God, was the pregnancy test wrong? And you might end up doing it again and again just to get that reassurance. But when you actually go for your first scan, uh, I think that's generally when it kind of hits home for many people that subhanAllah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has blessed you to be holding, to be, you know, hosting in a way life within yourself. And this in itself is such a great blessing. Um, and everybody is going to have their own kind of perspective regarding what they want whether it's a boy, whether it's a girl, and alhamdulillah, some people will not mind as long as it's, you know, uh, a child that is healthy and pleasing to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and that's what we should be doing really. It's not wrong to want a daughter because you've already got a son. It's not wrong to want a son because, you know, you already got a daughter or to want a specific gender so that, you know, your, your, your sibling can have somebody to, to play with, etc. What is wrong, though, is to not want a particular gender for reasons that are un-Islamic. So, for example, it's very widespread in, in communities. It was widespread in the time of the Prophet ﷺ as well, where people didn't want to have girls, they preferred boys. And Allah Azza wa calls this out in the Qur'an in very strong ways. 
And if you look at the verse that I recited at the beginning of the talk, where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala highlights that it is from himself, from himself that he creates whatever he wishes, and it is the will of Allah, it is not in the hands of any human being, whether the, you know the woman gives birth to a boy or to a girl or to a mixture of both or to none at all, this is from the will of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this particular verse, um, this particular verse, the scholars say that this is actually referring to the prophets of Islam. Even though it applies to everybody, it's referring in particular Surah Shura, verse number 49. Surah Shura, verse number 49, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that he grants boys to whoever he wishes, girls to whoever he wishes. So the certain prophets like Lut and Shu'ayb that, that only had girls. So Lut Shu'ayb they only were blessed with girls. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uses the verse, uh, uses the verb yahabu in the Quran. And those of you that are kind of familiar with the Arabic language will know that wahaba yahabu means to gift. So Allah is saying that whether it's a boy or whether it's a girl, this is a gift from Allah. And the people who are the closest to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, they were the prophets of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He chose them because, you know, he, he loves them. So you can imagine that if Allah has decreed that certain prophets are only going to have girls, then how can it be, you know, something negative for a woman to give birth to a girl. And if Allah has decreed that certain prophets, like Ibrahim salam, is only going to have boys, then how can it be something negative to give birth to a girl? And if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala decreed that people like our Prophet Muhammad wasallam are going to give birth to boys and girls, then again, this is something that just highlights that it is Allah who is in control regardless of you know what he decides to gift us with and there are certain prophets certain beloved prophets to Allah like Isa salam, like Yahya salam, that had no children at all so again this is something that is from Allah and we should bear that in mind that there's nothing wrong with wanting a particular um you know gender however when that child comes we need to make sure that we love it and we treat it the way that we would treat you know any any other gen gender as well regarding you know the topic of boys and girls you know there's a very beautiful uh, verse in the quran where the mother of maryam السلام, and this is a really really important note for anyone who is pregnant that as soon as you you kind of become pregnant your outlook changes because now you're not just thinking about yourself, you are thinking about, you know, this other human being, this other life that is growing within you. You're thinking about the pregnancy, you're thinking about post-pregnancy, you're thinking far, far ahead for this child, you know, whether it be school, whether it be college, you might even be thinking about university, marriage. You have all of these hopes and dreams for them. What kind of hopes and dreams should we really be having for our children? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us in the Quran regarding the mother of Maryam alayhi salam and her name was Hana, the wife of Imran and when she found out that she was pregnant, she was actually, you know, quite an elderly lady when she found out that she was pregnant, she made a beautiful vow to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and she said that inni fi batni muharraran fataqabbal minni innaka anta samiyul alim. 
in Surah Ali Imran, verse number 35, where the wife of Imran, she said, Oh my Lord, whatever is in my stomach, I pledge or I vow to give it to you exclusively. And what that means to, to give to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala exclusively is that when this child is born, I am making a vow to Allah that I am going to dedicate this child exclusively for the worship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And who was this child that was born to the wife of Imran? None other than Maryam alayhi salam, one of the greatest women that have ever lived, one of the, the leaders of the women of Jannah. In a hadith, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam he highlighted four women who reached the pinnacles of Iman. You know, four women that kind of perfected Iman. And one of those women was Maryam alayhi salam. So look at how her kind of nurturing began while she was in the stomach of her mother. When her mother made this grand and amazing intention that this child that is in my stomach, I'm going to dedicate it for the worship exclusively of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And even though we're going to have hopes and dreams for our children, you might want them to achieve certain things in life, but our intention has to begin from the time that we find out that we are pregnant, that above everything else, what we want for our children is for them to be, you know, worshippers of Allah Azza wa Jal. What we want from them is for them to be people who are, you know, uphold the religion of Allah, people who live according to the sunnah of the Prophet because in that is going to be success for them and for us. Remember, our children are going to be our greatest charity, our greatest sadaqah jariya, like the Prophet ﷺ mentioned, that when we pass away, you know, when it's just us alone in our grave, you know, with nothing else and nobody else apart from our deeds, everything comes to an end except for charity that is ongoing, except for a child that is going to make dua for you. And if we don't begin from the very, very early stages to instill in our children the love of Allah, the love of the Prophet wasallam, the importance of Islamic character, then we're really, really, you know, kind of losing out on such an important, uh, you know, opportunity to gain reward, not only whilst we are alive, but even after we have passed away. Now, when it comes to kind of the, the, the first scan, second scan kind of stages between the three and five months, that's generally when people kind of, you know, you're getting, you know, excited, you've, you know, attended the scan, you've heard the heartbeat, you might even have seen the baby uh, on the scan. You know, it's very natural to try and want to share these feelings uh, of excitement with, with other people. And there's nothing wrong with that, you know, subhanAllah, if Allah has given us a great blessing, then the people that are close to us, then we, we are allowed to share with the intention of requesting their du'as. But at the same time, you know, uh, my dear respected sisters, we have to bear in mind that the Prophet wasallam has told us that the evil eye is something that is very, very real. And the Prophet also said in a hadith that every person that is blessed is envied meaning if you have something you know good in your life if allah has blessed you with something then either keep it between yourself and allah subhanahu wa ta'ala you know thank allah be grateful to him like i said you know increase in your worship increase in your charity 
keep that between yourself and Allah or at the very least keep it between those people who you you perceive to be pious people who you know have your best interests at heart uh, in in this kind of you know era of social media that we live in it's so easy to kind of want to share your excitement with the world uh, you know with your baby shower photos and uh, your scan photos and putting them on the internet for everybody to see and out of those 200 people there might be a couple who are genuinely happy for you that make dua for you but at the same time there might be many who are not possibly happy for you, who don't have your best interests at heart, um, who might themselves be struggling with pregnancy, they might be struggling with uh, you know conception, infertility, etc. So by you advertising this, you know it's it's something that could potentially cause damage to yourself through the evil eye, or at least it might cause you know uh, like ill feeling in the hearts of other people. So it's always best to kind of keep these blessings to yourself. Obviously, the blessing of a child is not going to stay hidden for very long. You know, it's only you know a few months, nine, eight, nine months, and the child will be here. Uh, and you know, that's not something that you're going to keep hidden. You're going to announce that to the world. So this time of pregnancy, you know, keep it private, keep it personal uh, with just yourselves and your loved ones, inshallah ta'ala. Now, there's certain milestones throughout the pregnancy and I'm sure that anybody who is pregnant, one of the first things that you uh, kind of do is your research on the milestones of a child, like what do they look like now? I remember I had this uh, this app that the, the midwives, they kind of su suggest, the Emma's Diary app. So every week they, they give you an update as to how the child looks now. So it starts off, you know, the size of a, a chia seed and then it gets a bit bigger and then it looks like a grape and then it looks like, you know, uh, an apple and then it's the size of a melon and a watermelon. And somehow it is beautiful, you know, because it's something that you can't see physically inside of yourself just knowing that there is growth happening within you is something that is is beautiful and like I said through the ups and downs of pregnancy you kind of look forward and you want to bond with your baby your unborn baby at the at the, at the time and this is a great way of, of doing that so do as much as much research as you can Allah subhanahu wa tells us in the Quran that he will continue to show us signs in the heavens, in the earth, and even within ourselves until it becomes clear to us that Allah subhanahu wa is the truth. And what greater sign can there be within ourselves than housing life, you know, a child that is growing within you? And I can testify to the fact that, um, you know, I used to do a lot of research and you can watch these um, time-lapse videos on YouTube where you see the progression of the fetus in the womb and it really, really does increase your Iman. It really makes you kind of, it just puts you in awe as to the um, the blessing that Allah subhanahu wa has given you and the, the perfection of Allah's creation how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has, has created life within this mother. You know, the more you research it, honestly, the more amazed you will be regarding how everything is so perfectly and meticulously planned. So again, that's like an important tip that rather than spending our time on, you know, things that aren't really going to benefit us, and I'm talking, you know, specifically regarding scrolling through, you know, Facebook and Instagram and 
these kind of things because you know, there's going to be a lot of times during the pregnancy where you literally can't move there might be days where you're going to be in bed for hours especially you know at the beginning of the pregnancy where you might be going through certain uh, symptoms like the nausea and the morning sickness and then definitely towards the end of pregnancy where it's just so difficult to move so you're going to be lying in bed you're going to have time to yourself it's really really important to use that time wisely rather than you know um, exposing yourself and your child to things that are not beneficial that are not conducive to your spiritual health one of the most important milestones um, that your baby will reach inshallah is around the 20 week stage when the baby can actually pick up sounds um, even before this you know just because this kind of happens around about that stage it doesn't mean that before that you know your child is not picking up on things from the mother so whether it's what you eat whether it's what you watch whether it's what you listen to all of this is going to have a bearing you know on your unborn child and for some people that can be like a really really scary perspective you know if we're spending all of our time doing things that are not pleasing to Allah like you know we're backbiting or music tv all of these things then then when the child is born you know there's already something that we have kind of passed through to them it's almost as if subhanallah if i can say it's almost as if that we've we've given them a negative start in life you know before they're even born we are giving them negativity through the things that we are doing so it's really really important that we work on ourselves when the child starts hearing and recognizes sounds from inside the, the stomach obviously that the best thing that we can be doing is increasing in our quran recitation whether you recite it yourself obviously which is an ideal thing use it as a bonding opportunity with your husband you know get him to recite quran so that the baby can recognize his voice as well the melodious tone of the quran and this will have inshallah an immense um, impact on the child we do have examples from the righteous people of the past where they mention that you know when the women used to constantly recite quran during pregnancy when the child was born they used to have this amazing love for the quran so this is something that has been kind of tested and tried throughout throughout our islamic history that the more devout a mother is especially during the days of pregnancy inshallah this will have a great impact on your child and you are kind of investing in them even before they are born which is what we want to be doing so increasing in quran increasing in dhikr um and whilst we are you know doing things that are pleasing to Allah also very very important that we are cutting out things that are not pleasing to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and just bear in mind that there's not a single person out there there's not a single Muslim parent that doesn't want a righteous child um, but that can only happen and again I know I keep reiterating this, this fact but your children are going to be a kind of mirror 
of yourself especially especially in the 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 first kind of decade of their life you are all they know you are going to be their greatest role model they're going to be looking up to you and this starts you know honestly right before the the child is even born so if we aren't going to develop ourselves during the pregnancy stage then don't think that that change will come overnight when the child is born you know it's almost as if subhanallah that these nine months that allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives because it's very very possible for allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that he could have you know created childbirth in a way where we give birth after a day you know after half a day after a week you know what is the wisdom behind the nine months that this mother has to carry a child and it's, I, I would say it's very similar to the wisdom behind why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions in the Qur'an that he created the heavens and the earth in six days. I always used to wonder that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala can create anything, you know, even faster than the blinking of an eye. All he says is kun fayakun, all he says is be and it comes into being. So why is it that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created the heavens and the earth in six days or in six stages? Why is it that a mother has to carry this child for nine months within herself? And the Mufassirun, they mentioned regarding the, the creation of the heavens and the earth, that Allah created it in stages in order to teach people regarding, you know, um, development, regarding the importance of taking steps towards something rather than being hasty and wanting everything straight away Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has demonstrated in the creation of the heavens and the earth that good things take time and likewise with pregnancy you know good things take time as well um, so use this nine months as an opportunity to really better yourself that is the best thing that you can be doing for your child you know alongside all of the you know uh, uh, classes that you might be taking online or on site or alongside all of the, the the research that you're doing alongside all of the things that you might be buying for your baby um etc the best thing that you can be doing is working upon yourself spiritually physically mentally as well there are countless studies that talk about um you know the, the negative effects of stress on, 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 on a baby so again this is something that is often outside of our control I'm not saying it's easy to eliminate stress from your life overnight especially if you find yourself in less than you know perfect circumstances because nobody wants to be stressed but what we can do is that we can try within ourselves as much as we are capable to cut out stress factors from our life so that it doesn't have an impact on our baby um, also physically to be looking after yourself whether that is you know I think it goes without saying that we should be eating halal food but even more than that Allah subhanahu wa talks not only about halal food but also about tayyib food that don't just eat halal but eat that which is pure so that starts right from the, the money that we bring into our homes we make sure that the risk whatever we are earning is you know halal it is something is from sources that are pleasing to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because that money that you bring into your home 
that's what you are buying the food with and the food is going inside of yourself it is nourishing your unborn baby if you nourish yourself and your baby with haram then you can just imagine what the outcome is going to be so all of these external factors are also extremely important to bear in mind as well um, another thing that is really important to kind of work on or at least pay attention to, I would say, during the pregnancy stages, Alhamdulillah, during the pregnancy stages, is actually your relationship with your family. So starting with your husband, and you know, there are going to be stages in the pregnancy where you kind of just want to be away from everybody, you might, you know, want to lash out to people, your hormones are all over the place. Especially when you find yourself going through, you know, immense amount of pain, uh, you know, back pain and then the nausea and then the vomiting and the morning sickness and, you know, not being able to sleep at night and having to get up multiple times to go to the bathroom and all of the joys that come with the pregnancy. And then you see your husband just sleeping like a baby beside you. Uh, you know, you're going to, you know, feel as if you're a little hard done by. And it's, it's very, very common, in fact, it's very common for during pregnancy and after pregnancy as well, which uh, is known as postpartum depression, for our hormones to kind of be all over the place. But even though it's very easy during pregnancy to kind of only think about yourself, um, it's also important to understand that your husband is probably just as excited as you, probably just as nervous, as excited. Use it as a time to really bond. Um, depending on what stage in the pregnancy you are in, you know, that bonding might take different forms. Um, but it's really, really important because going forward, you know, the time that you had with your husband, the kind of things that you used to do, you most probably won't be able to do them in the same capacity or with the same frequency after the baby is here. And and that's not necessarily a bad thing, but it can sometimes take a toll on the marriage. So it's important for both parties to recognize that, you know, this is a massive blessing from Allah. It's something that we both wanted, uh, inshallah ta'ala. Uh, and life is going to be different. But whilst we can, let's make sure that we are walking together, kind of exercising together, you know, watching these um uh, videos together, educating ourselves together, looking for baby names together, anything that you can do with your husband, inshallah, will be an act of worship for us in the eyes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It will create love between you and it will have long-term psychological benefits as well when the baby is here. And not just with the husband though, because that kind of, you know, maybe it goes without saying, but what I found, you know, from personal experience, what I see often, what happens is that when we get pregnant or when a woman gets pregnant, you know, we are really anticipating this new life that is going to come into the world. We start thinking a lot about ourselves, about our child naturally, but we kind of forget that there are other people around us who are also going to be a part of this baby's life. And what we really, really don't want is for a child to be born and we ourselves do not have a great relationship with our parents or with our siblings 
or our mother-in-law or father-in-law. So if not for the sake of anything else, but only for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and for the sake of this child that is going to be born, now is really a perfect time to be working on building ties of kinship. Because when it comes to, you know, the rights that our parents have over us, you know, subhanAllah, the Qur'an talks about it again and again and again. The Prophet wasallam mentioned the rights of the parent so many times that it's almost inconceivable to, to think that we can expect any sort of barakah in our life if our own parents are not pleased with us. You know, imagine that, that you are soon to become a parent. You want a child that is going to be good and righteous, who is going to be there for you, who is going to make dua for you. But if you yourself are not that child to your own parents, then this is a type of double standard. You know, how is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala going to grant us this? So it's really important to keep your parents involved. You know, that's going to make them happy. If, you know, your relationship with your parents hasn't been the best then use this as an opportunity and if you put in that effort inshallah Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will will make it easy as well the next thing that I wanted to talk about is um regarding names so with myself you know um but when it came to the scan, you know, alhamdulillah, we, we, we asked whether it was a boy or a girl. Again, that's a matter of choice whether a person wants to or not. It doesn't really make a difference uh, here or there. But in the past year, because of COVID, uh, your husband wasn't allowed to go with you with any of the, to any of the appointments. So we just thought it'd be a nice way for the husband to kind of feel involved. So we asked and, you know, alhamdulillah, we found out that it was a boy. And that's when you really start thinking about names for us i know some people will have thought of names you know from from years and years ago you might already know that yes if it's a girl this is what i want to name her if it's a boy this is what i want to name him um but for us you know it was it was quite difficult to choose but it was an excellent excellent experience because what happened is that we ended up doing a lot of research into the names of the prophets we ended up doing a lot of research into the different Sahaba and Sahabiyat uh, from the time of the Prophet So not only are you kind of uh, educating yourself, but you, through your research, are falling more and more in love with Allah and His Messenger So there are so many names um, that are found in the Quran of the Prophets, throughout the Seerah as well, that we can kind of use. You don't have to use one of these names. Obviously, any name that has a good meaning is perfectly acceptable. But I would say that really there can be nothing better than a name that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has chosen, you know, for his beloved ones, for his loved ones. So the names of the prophets, if you have a boy, you know, try and make that your first kind of port of call. You know, to, to have the name of a prophet is like you choosing a name that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has already kind of decreed to be a good name. And there's so many prophets in the Quran. There's, you know, uh, women mentioned in the Quran as well, like Maryam alayhi salam. And especially, you know, in the life of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam, if you look at his wives, look at his daughters, these are our role models. So to take their names, it just kind of, 
create a sense of love within yourself and inshallah when your baby is born within them as well uh, because my name is Safiya and I would say from personal experience uh, when I was young you know maybe about from the ages of six seven onwards we used to sit at home and we used to um, every couple of days mom and dad would make us sit in a circle and we'd read stories of the Sahaba and I remember, you know, I don't remember much else, but I remember becoming so excited when the name of Safiya radiallahu ta'ala anha would come up. Because as a child, you know, it, you love having that connection. Uh, so imagine if you were to name your child Ibrahim or Muhammad or Khadija or Aisha. It just means that when they grow up now and they hear these names when they are reading the Quran and reading the seerah, automatically it's going to instill a, a love inside of them. The Prophet also himself mentioned that the best of names are Abdullah and Abdurrahman. Now this is like a general principle that when he was asked regarding good names, he gave names that were linked to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Abdullah means the slave of Allah. Abdurrahman means the slave of the most merciful. So any name, you know, kind of along these veins where this child will know that I am a Muslim just from their name, this child will know that they have a link to Allah and his messenger sallallahu alayhi wasallam just from the name that they carry, you know, this is like an excellent start to this child's life. So do your research and don't kind of fall into this trap where um, everybody wants a unique name and they don't really look into the meaning of the name. All they're concerned about is whether it sounds good or whether somebody, you know, else has has had this name before you know these are things that we don't really need to concern ourselves with like I said any name with a good meaning is a good name but if you really want to give your child the best start then go with the names that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala chose for his uh, you know chosen people um, the next thing that I wanted to mention is regarding focusing on important things and one of those important things, especially when things get tough in the first trimester, the last trimester. Something that a lot of people ask regarding is specific du'as that they can read. Uh, during pregnancy or during labor. Now, even though we don't have anything from the Prophet ﷺ explicitly, there are certain du'as from the Quran that, you know, that the scholars of the past do recommend for women who are pregnant or who are going through the labor process. So what I'm going to do is, um, I don't know if you lot can see my, if you lot can see my screen, um, on my Instagram page, inshallah, starting from tonight, I will be sharing those du'as. Uh, so if you are on Instagram or on Facebook, you can always uh, follow me on there. Because there's so many du'as, I can't just like read them out to you. It would kind of defeat the purpose. So I will put them on there so that you can benefit from those, inshallah ta'ala. But just remember that the whole of the Qur'an is a, is a shifa. 
there is a shifa, a cure, and a mercy in the whole of the Quran. So whatever you read of the Quran, inshallah, that will bring immense amount of benefit to yourself and to your child as well. But if you are looking for any specific prayers, then I do have a list of prayers that the scholars of the past have recommended. So I will put them on social media and you can find them there, inshallah ta'ala. Um, again, there were a few other things that I did want to say and I, I do sincerely apologize. You know, my, my little one, he's, he's just not feeling well today and I couldn't arrange childcare. So again, I, I really do apologize if you couldn't hear properly or anything like that. Um, you know, please keep us in your du'as as well. And anybody that is pregnant at the moment or hoping to become pregnant, I pray that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala eases your pregnancy for you, allows you to become the best version of yourself and grants you a child that will be the coolness of your eyes and a leader for the righteous, inshallah ta'ala. Um, like I said, please follow me on, on, on social media where I'll be uploading those du'as. We do also have a talk coming up uh, very, very soon, which is called uh, Powerful Prayers. So those of you that know regarding the du'a of istikhara or the du'a of hajjah, then you will know how these du'as are extremely, extremely important. And before I got pregnant, you know, when we were trying, the Salatul Hajjah is, is something that I resorted to, is something that I uh, used to pray quite often. And I can honestly say that there hasn't been a single situation in my life where I have prayed Salatul Hajjah and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has not given me, uh, you know, whatever it was that I was asking for. So these two du'as, the Prophet has taught us that whenever you are going to make a decision in your life, whatever it may be, it might be something really small, like, you know, I'm going to the shop, should I choose this cot or, you know, this crib? Uh, or it might be a big, massive life decision regarding your children, regarding getting married, buying a house, a job, whatever it may be. We have a dua where we are seeking the advice and the counsel of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And it is so powerful that if we were to use these to du'as in the correct way, inshallah, all of our worldly endeavors will become so much easier, there will be so much barakah in them, and inshallah, after that as well, you know, in, in our akhirah, it will have a greater amount of benefit. So, Jazakumullah khairan to all of you for attending today. Uh, my name is Safiya Maryam, and again, if I have said anything wrong or, you know, you don't could hear for, for any reason, please do accept my apologies. Uh, I'm going to introduce our next speaker now, who is uh, my very close friend and colleague, Ustad Shabnam, who's going to be talking a little bit about post-birth, what kind of tips uh, we have for them. So I'm just going to see if she is here, and I will pass it over to her. وَآخِرُ الدَّعْوَانَا أَنِ الْحَمْدِ لِلَّهِ رَبِّ الْعَالَمِينَ those sisters that are asking for du'as, you know, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accept all of your du'as and make it easy for you. Uh, let me see where she is. Thank you for joining us. Uh, I'm going to pass it over to you now, inshallah, and I look forward to listening to your talk. Inshallah. Okay, um, Ustaz Sophia, if you can please press record on, because um, uh, I can't press it yet. Yeah? So yes, you have of to course. press the record button. Uh, 
you forgot to record yours. I was trying to get hold of you to record the session. I know I have recorded it. So uh, again, if anybody does want a copy of the recordings, um, I, I have recorded it separately. So we can always okay. put that on our you social can just media record pages. On here as well. we can show so that's fine. Alhamdulillah <laughs> قال الله سبحانه قال الله سبحانه تعالى في القرآن المجيد بعد أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم إن الله إن الله وملائكته يصلون على النبي يا أيها الذين آمنوا صلوا عليه وسلموا تسليما قال الله قال قال الله قال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم كلكم رأي وكلكم مسؤول عن رأيته Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh, my dear respected sisters, mothers, daughters in Islam. I pray you all well. And Jazakallah khair for attending our course today. And I pray that it's been of a great benefit for you, for sisters who are expecting, who are looking to have a baby in the future, inshallah. Um, and those of your family members who are pregnant, and inshallah, you can help them, and inshallah, guide them and be a source of Sadaqah Jariah for yourselves as well, inshallah. Now, that's what Sister Sophia has mentioned, uh, the, the start of uh, when a woman finds out that she's conceiving and alhamdulillah, it's one of the greatest blessings that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala can bestow upon an individual, uh, one of the greatest blessings of this dunya. And I think primarily a, a person when they get married, one of the first things that they do think of is wanting to have a child. Um, and this is just something natural. It's a natural instinct that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has placed um, placed uh, within a woman, especially a woman, because a woman is very maternal. Um, just one second. Let's go to the screen. Um, Sister Sophia, I'm sure you're on. If you can't hear me, please let me know because I, I don't think anybody else will be able to unmute, you, unmute, unmute themselves because I was having the same problem as well. No, we can hear you, um, Stada. Okay, that's fine. So one of the greatest things that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala can bestow upon us is, like I said, it's primarily one of the a natural instinct within a woman that she wants to bear children and want to be a mother of children. Um, and alhamdulillah, like I said, it's one of the greatest blessings. So when you find out you're pregnant, it's great joy, it's great happiness. Um, and then everything starts and uh, as Sister Sophia touched upon as soon as we find out you're pregnant. But this journey, to, to, to be honest, this journey begins even before a person has even become pregnant the the fact that you want to have this child and you want to have a righteous child begins from even finding the right spouse and marrying the right spouse and being that right character yourself before even bringing a child into this world now when this responsibility comes upon our shoulders and we become pregnant Sometimes it, 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 I'm not going to say it's it's too late because there's always chance for us to uh, to 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 cover what we've missed. But this 
sense of responsibility should be within us from before, even when a, when a woman thinks about getting married. Who am I going to marry? What kind of father do I want for my child? This child, father is not going to be, this man is not going to be the love of your life only. This man is going to be primarily the father of your child. Now, this child, you want to be a, a source of means of barakah for you in this dunya. You want it to be a, a form of somebody, to a salvation on the, in the hereafter. Somebody that you are going to bring closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now, we know in history, we've seen many sing women single-handedly have brought up great scholars, great people into this dunya. Yeah, they're, they're, they're amazing. But primarily, we all want a happy married life. And then, inshallah, that will have an impact on our child. Our child, and inshallah, will go on to have a successful married life and so on and so on and so on. So this, this, this instinct of wanting to have a child and the responsibility, needs to we need to develop this within ourselves right from the beginning before we even get pregnant. Now that we're pregnant, so Sazafi has mentioned the things that we need to do to to get to create this bond with this child that's in our womb. How what what effects are happening in this child? Even though, as as a believer, as a Muslim, what are my responsibilities as a mother bearing this child who's inside me? Now that that stage is is over, I don't know whether you have or you haven't. But now that this child has come into this light into this world. It straight away becomes like a, a moment of probably the greatest joy and how much I've heard from sisters, my own sisters, I uh, alhamdulillah have just uh, I've become another auntie night for the 19th time uh, to a, a nephew, alhamdulillah, last week. And the joy that I see on the mother's faces is something that is words cannot express. The feeling of comfort, the feeling of completeness, the contentment, it's unreal. Like I said, when the child is in the womb, you don't probably feel it, you can't sense it as much. But as the moment it comes into this world, there's a sense of happiness that only a mother can understand. Now that this child has come into this world, now you think, now this is where we should think. This child coming to this world, now I need to bring out the best in me so that this child can have the best life. Now, maybe in my whole nine months, I wasn't close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Maybe I didn't make this bond with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the way I should have. Maybe maybe I lacked. Maybe I was tired. Maybe I went through a, a difficult pregnancy, which, which caused me not to uh, read enough Quran. Maybe I was sick. I was tired. I was, I was going through a, a difficult time these, in those nine months. But it's, the time is never lost. Yeah? Some scholars would say that was actually the... You know, like when you plant a seed and the beginning part is when you're, when you're watering that seed, yeah, when you water that seed, you place it into the soil and then it starts sprouting. That They say that is the actual first initial stages when that uh, the semen has gone and it, it becomes an embryo. That is actually the first 